Chops TV. You will be chopped. Know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. New thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. Chaps TV, and as always, I make the call. But maybe later in the show, it's your call. Like I said, it's your call. <laughs> uh, so we got through another two episodes of Succession, and pretty happening episode that we got to see this week. Um, happening is an interesting word to choose. What do you want me to say? There traumatic, were happenings. Traumatic. You want to use the word traumatic? Yes. It, it, yeah, It. I guess that's a fair Icky. word. Icky is a much better word. Definitely has that feeling where you're like, oh, I want to take a shower yeah. after watching that because we like these characters to a degree. We we know they're bad people, but like we like them in like the way people like the Seinfeld and the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah. characters. But then we see that like, oh, they're not that those characters from those other shows aren't bad, but it's a little more disconnected. This feels a little realer in this one. Yeah. Because it's based in somewhat of a reality mm-hmm. of of media and influence and election yeah. fraud. <laughs> and so we, we just got through election night. But the previous episode, episode seven, and we'll start there, was them schmoozing it up at a tailgate where they essentially cosplayed as normal people. And they know going into it that they're the deciders of the election. That's like they say that like. Three times in the episode that like the most important people in the country are going to be at this party. Yeah. And basically we decide the election. All the shakers and movers are there to have a fair, clean fight, to have a fair, clean game. And then it's so funny because then the next episode is called America Decides, even though the previous episode is all about how they're the, the deciders of the whole thing. And they don't even like. There's really not even a partisan bend to it. Obviously, ATN has its allegiances, but like there are people from both sides of the political spectrum at their party because they don't really care about either ideology. They just care about having power and influence. Right. So we talked about it, though, after episode seven, that it wasn't our favorite episode of the season so far. And I, I think it was because all the conversations, well, not all of them, there were some that were in private that were very interesting but a lot of the conversations and some of this character dynamic stuff is good but when it's out in the open in front of a big party like that they're all speaking in code kind of wearing their masks there's a facade over everything and so you don't feel like you're getting into the nitty-gritty but then you do get a little deeper into the dirt in this in the eighth episode well it's a little too much the seventh episode has like the like the night before sort of like a christmas eve where like everyone's jonesing to get to christmas morning so like you're everyone's anticipating election night so i felt like there was some lag in that episode seven but there that's not to say that there wasn't a lot of great stuff in that where we find out more about like um madsen's like shaky numbers and tom and shiv have that blow up and it it's dawning on Shiv that maybe she fucked up and and who she decided to side with and yeah I will also say Matson better watch his back for talking all that shit about New York <laughs> you're, okay. gonna, you're gonna go out and get him 
Yeah. Me you, me and Second India, we're going to have some words with Matson about his New York views. If there was a Second India, the numbers would make sense. <laughs> yeah, that was, well, you know, like... Go make me Second India, Shiv. It's like the biggest country in the world, so uh, make a second one of those. It's probably not going to happen, and Gojo's numbers... Uh, I guess are false. It, it will be interesting to see once it looks like they're going to release those numbers and see what the fallout is from that. Because it does kind of, we were leading into a sense where Matson was running circles around these kids because they're all idiots. And then they kind of undercut him so much with that. So how much is that going to affect everything? Especially with, maybe it doesn't matter because the 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 two boys have the president in their yeah. back pocket, or at least Roman does. And shoot. Shiv also smartly, as soon as um, she's found out and walks out of that building, she calls Matson back because at the beginning of the episode, he says, well, let's just hold off on telling the numbers or whatever, maybe after and maybe we'll just never do it, actually. And then she says, uh, I'm giving you 24 hours. I'm going to send you some notes like we're going to we're going to dump this because in the hoopla of the American election, the outcome of the American election, that's going to get buried real fast. The numbers will. Right. And then do you also think that there was a little bit of a, well, screw it. My brothers do whatever they want and they don't take shit from anybody else. And that's what just happened tonight. So I'm just taking over because I know this is the right move for our position right now. And I'm out in the open. Yeah. So I I can't, I'm not playing double agent anymore. I'm just a single agent. There's no need to be sneaky about it. Everyone knows where where you fall on either side of the allegiance line. So now it's just go time. Yeah. But back to episode seven, you're right. There were still a lot of good things in it. I think this season has just been really good in general. And the show, we like the show a lot. That pr- grading on a pretty high curve. Um, yeah, right. And like, especially when you compare seven to eight, eight's the way more compelling one. But to go into the stuff that, that is interesting, I like this. And Matson has had this especially. He had it a little bit. Um, but especially since Logan's death, we've had two major episodes with him. The retreat episode where they go out to, uh, it's not, they go, he's Swedish. They go to Norway. Norway I can't yeah. keep track of that. It's, all it's those, confusing me. All but, those white blonde people are confusing to keep track of. <laughs> but in that episode, he has that similar feel to like, here's the big business guy. He comes in and kind of the air gets sucked out of the room and he does that. I don't know if he somehow had people in there to tell him exact, the exact right time to walk in to the party. But the fact that he does it <laughs> during the moment of silence for Logan and he does a little shush and everything. I mean, just, yeah, that's one of those moments where, oh, Matson's here. Matson. Mm-hmm. And Alexander's here. Alexander Skarsgård is so good in this show. When Connor says, there's only one person in this room who believes in me. And then in the background, out of focus, but you know it's him. He points to himself. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good stuff. And uh, it just, yeah, perfect Matson type stuff. So he's at the party, and that kind of changes the whole dynamic of it. And the kids are frazzled at first, but then the more he's around and his people are around, the more kind of stuff leaks out about him, which, as we mentioned with the numbers, is finally making it go, okay, there's a chance that he's not going to win this. Mm-hmm. That he, uh, he, you know, he's fallible too with the numbers. And then also the, the whole weird thing with the blood thing. Yeah. With the, with the PR. Yeah. yeah. Lady. Not good. Definitely not great. But I'm not going to say it. 
Um, he also kind of cozies up to Greg at the party because Greg is trying to get some sort of position, which he actually kind of stumbles backwards into and all of a sudden has some power well, and he, some influence. He, yeah, Greg has slowly been climbing up this like little corporate ladder at ATN to the position that someone's got to do. Someone's got to be the firing guy. And Greg just seems to have the capability of firing people. I'm not doing coffee anymore. I need you gregging for me. Yeah. So he's sort of graduated that level. And Mattson kind of likes that when he finds out that Greg is just the guy who fucking fires everyone and doesn't care about it. And Mattson's like, oh, that's kind of cold-blooded. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're, you're kind of a psychopath. He's like, what? no, well, no. Yeah. Greg's like, you know, he doesn't have really any way to f- refute it. Yeah, you know how Greg be. I forgot about that at the beginning of episode seven, too, where he's just reading off that piece of paper. And he's like, um, I'm seeing some things in the chat. I, if I'm being too wordy, y- yes, you're all fired. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, thanks, Greg. That was that was helpful. But yeah. Yeah, he uh, has sort of moved up. He, he kind of, you know, as well, Tom tells got... him, he gets that piece of information and he plays it a little early, but it was the right moment. And he was a little insecure about all Tom's little other Greg's. He's like, how, how many Greg's do you have? Greg Etz or whatever he calls him. And then, yeah, I was upset when he gets demoted back to Greg for episode eight. I think I'm not really worried about the Jerry Roman thing where she's like saying I'm going to control the narrative and all that stuff. I don't. If I guess unless Shiv unless he smart. goes against her. Yeah, yes. that's who Shiv should. Yeah. Yeah. Tom. Uh, Tom. <laughs> Roman is unraveling at such a at such a pace that he might slip up and just like end up in some like civil suit with jerry or something like so and shiv was the one who's posturing for jerry during the retreat so shiv really got all the girlies there she she got carolina off the kill list she got jerry off the kill list so yeah, she should link up with her godmother and get some shit done for once. Jesus Christ, lady. And she's actually in maybe a position to do that now because she's less distracted, whereas over these two episodes, having basically rekindling her marriage and then lighting all <laughs> lighting it actually on fire. It's yeah. funny with kindling how that works. But um, then it, she's to the point where... Tom doesn't even believe her when she tries oh, to yeah. say that she's pregnant and that that cuts her down. And then her brothers find out about her alliance with Matson, And so she is completely out in the open. And maybe yeah. you're right, cozying up with somebody like Jerry, who has dirt on. Now, it is very clear that he is walking a tightrope, but currently Roman is walking across the tightrope effectively, um, which is concerning for Everybody quite involved. concerning, yeah, quite concerning, <laughs> and it feels like he's gonna fall off. But somebody who could push him off or make the wind gust flow him off is uh, somebody like Jerry has a lot of dirt yeah. on Roman. Yeah, well, Roman too. Like gone is that like insecurity from the from episode six where he starts doing all that firing and that like self doubt and even second guessing and reporting back to to Kendall. Um, now he feels like because this was such a big win for him. I think it's going to lead to like an over posturing um, in episode nine when he's the one who gives the eulogy and it's supposed to be giving the eulogy supposed to. We'll yeah. see what happens. We'll see what happens. I feel like we're reaching uh, the climax of his arc 
Yeah, just his Icarus arc, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Well, because he seems like somebody who was trying to do what Logan would do. What what would my dad do? And he was so good at this. So if I do what my dad would do, I'll be great. Then he wasn't really sure exactly what it meant to do what his dad does. And I still don't think he knows why his dad would do some of the things he's doing. But I think he's just stopped for now. That little voice in his head that says, was that the right decision? And he just goes, whatever I'm doing. Is the right decision because I'm being like Papa. Well, isn't it like borderline? You are like Papa. You are like Papa. Um, <laughs> isn't it borderline nihilist though? Almost a way that he's operating when he says like, "Dad's dead. Nothing matters. And if nothing matters, then what does it matter if I, um, if I like fuck up an entire American yeah?" He's election? going like, like scorched earth, and you're right. There is a nihilism to it because he's like. Nothing happens. We just made a really good night of television. Yeah. Things happen, Roman. Chills. Full body chills during that scene. Is Things this... do happen, Rome. You know, with the writer's strike going on right now, so the second half of the year is probably going to suffer from that. Is Succession going to win every Emmy? Probably. Definitely. Probably. It feels like they have a good chance to... At least in that category. To sweep the leading actor categories and possibly even the supporting actor categories. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll have... They'll have two male leads nominated, probably. Mm -hmm. Well, three. I think Brian Cox is going to go for lead actor. Oh, that's true. He would be... Do you... Is there a... Because he would definitely be a lead when he was alive. Is there a certain amount of episodes you have to hit? I don't know. But I read a tweet that was like uh, Brian Cox uh, submitting himself for lead actor against uh, basically lessening Kendall and yeah. Roman's position is the most Logan Roy thing you could do. Yeah. he You know, for a guy who was really shitting on meta acting or not meta acting, uh, car- uh, no, what is it called? The Where you dive right in. Method. And, method acting. That's why I want to say meta. Method acting. He kind of does it. As Logan Roy. Yeah, he kind of takes that shit real serious. Yeah, so there's that. And then I think Skarsgård, probably a supporting actor as well in you that. You could see it, yeah. He usually does for his HBO shows. Yeah. Like he got, I think he won for Big Little Lies. Would they put Tom up? He's had a lot to do this season. Didn't Tom won one? Really? I believe so. Didn't okay. Tom win? I thought he won supporting actor. Matthew McFadden? Fadian. Fadian? I believe so. Nah. Okay. You're right. Um, <laughs> speaking of Matthew Mc, not Fadian. Um, now that Shiv is truly alone in the sense that she does not even have the support of Tom, albeit what little support that they were providing each other up and up until this point, especially when he tells Greg to, you have the quote. Oh, yeah, I have the whole thing. You want to hear it? Yeah, that discussion uh, when Greg goes out with Mats and the night before, he made me dance with old people and drink things that are usually not drunk. (laughs) I don't, that are usually not drinks. The the guy didn't want to dance, but they made us anyways. (laughs) So, yeah, then he he talks about, did you know anything about Shiv and her possible dealings with Matson? Should I tell him? Should I tell Kendall? Yeah, and then... uh, one, Tom says no, but then what he says kind of makes it sound like he's like confirming it yeah. almost. He goes, information, Greg. It's like a bottle of fine wine. You store it, you hoard it, you save it for a special occasion, and then you smash somebody's fucking face in with it. Now, he did not 
store it for very long. No. But no. to be fair, he was threatened by her. I do not think of things such as that. Do you want to fuck me, Greg? <laughs> That's not it. She oh, didn't go she, that far. She, she said, do you find me attractive? attractive. <laughs> then why are you trying to fuck me is what she says. Mm. But yes. yeah, I mean. But then he so, had the perfect moment because it wasn't just like, it wasn't just throw the grenade into the room of I know something about Shiv. Mm-hmm. He was asked by somebody who actually has CEO next to his name right now. Yeah. Do you have? Do you know anything about this? And he was like, "Actually, I do." Yeah. And the, all that when she when Shiv is in the room still with Roman and still kind of doing the rat a tat tat back and forth with him, but stealing those glances at Kendall and then oh stealing God. it when he goes to talk to Greg uh, and then seeing the way he looks at her as he walks yeah. across back across the glass to come into the room and she knows that. The ruse is up right now, and sure. I've lost all my position with my brothers. For sure. Yeah, and it's funny because um, she kind of tries to even, when she fig- once she knows that Greg knows about her and Matson's dealings or the extent to their dealings, um, she tries to like preemptively put it into Tom. Not Tom, damn it. She preemptively tries to put it in Roman and Kendall's head like, don't trust Tom, like thinking that Tom's going to be the one to rat her out or snitch because of how carotid their relationship has become. But it's Greg and she underestimates Greg and what and how far he's willing to go to one side. Greg is they're all kind of cockroachy, especially Tom as well. But mm-hmm. Greg is the most cockroachy in that, like, he really doesn't have any offense to it. He will just like. I guess when he absolutely has to, he will. But like he will, he will do whatever it takes to survive. Well, he has the most of nothing to lose, right? In a sense, and the most to gain at yeah. the same time. Correct. Yeah. And him and Kendall has have always been pretty chummy. When he left with uh, with Kendall to support him after, you know, he goes. Yeah. He, you know, he leaks it to the press or whatever, and. So they've always and and Kendall defended Greg at the retreat when uh, when Matson was like being a big prick to him. So they've always been more in cahoots than he has with any of the other siblings, even trying to set up the quad and stuff like that. So yeah, and you're talking about how she Shiv is like fearing what what Tom could do with that information more, but. She should have seen the foreshadowing that kind of we see in the episode. Now, the siblings always do stick together, so maybe that was just some of that. But when she's kind of going off on Roman and Tom goes, well, Shiv, you, you seem a little unhinged. You fucking watch it, Tom. You fucking watch it, Tom. And that's those are the moments where we root for the characters, right? Where where the siblings finally What, the form, humanity to them? Yes, where they finally form some sort of unit against Logan, but without Logan there, there's the the trio was already very tenuous and it's the, it honestly, it's the hypocrisy for me because Kendall has the audacity to call her dirt and like a snake when like three an hour before, basically, he's telling her that she that he intends to shove Roman out and do the solo CEO thing after the deal with Matson is struck down. So, like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, just because I'm looking out for myself, clearly I need to look out for myself because you're trying to shove Roman out. Like, it's it's the lack of self awareness that 
is one makes me hate them and two um like ruins an election yeah i mean basically they're having a quarrel among siblings now obviously it is to do with a billion you know multi-billion dollar deal and all this stuff but it's not the best reason to undercut (laughs) possibly the democracy yeah undermine an entire democratic process yeah no just because sorry roman just because you wanted steak and Kendall wanted chicken isn't a fucking good reason to support fascism. Because they had so much chicken as a kid. Yeah, that's... No, not a good reason. But we can also, like, as our, on this, that's one of the important conversations. The one with Greg screwed her over as well. Bo brought up a good point on the, the show. He was talking about how she went the, the wrong way with it. That, like, Greg likes honey. Oh, sweeten the deal. Yeah, be nice to him. And maybe you could have even brought him over to your side and gained something from it because he now has privy information from Matson. Instead, she goes for the threat. So that makes him be like, well, I'm not going to lie to Kendall now. Which, If I can undermine the person who just threatened me to the point where she can't do anything. So that's, yeah. that, that's what he does. So she that conversation goes poorly. The conversation with the brothers, once they find it out, she has nothing to say yeah. because she... Again, this one isn't a real conversation because she fakes a conversation saying that she's calling the Jimenez group and she doesn't. I don't know why in the show they actually play like that. Your number can't be completed. Like, did she actually have to call a fake? Couldn't she just have put her phone up to her head? I think it would have been a better reveal if they had said she never even made the phone call. Yeah, and I, I hope that wasn't like a they thought it was unclear to people because once... Kendall goes through it. It's yeah. clear that she didn't or maybe the they were call. just ramping up the suspense because we know that she knows that now he knows. Did they want the, uh, yeah. the dramatic irony? Yeah, of they it? wanted to. Yeah, the audience to be in it on that sense. But I mean, even the conversation that she had with Tom makes it very clear that that is like you said, scorched earth, a burnt bridge. They are never getting back to the place where they were, even like the night before. Like, yeah. And she was, yeah, she was trying to kind of undercut his feelings and everything by just being like, well, I'm pregnant. So there you go. That That's out there. And well, you have I to think, deal with that, too. I think there is a moment of, like, genuine apology because, like, she says, like, we are also going through this mourning process. I think maybe you should give me a little bit of grace of the things I said. I'm also going to give you the chance to apologize because I'm sitting on this very important information that hopefully we can walk back from. But as soon as he says, is this like a stunt, whatever, mm-hmm. like, are, is that even true? That is the end of that relationship. Yeah. And, but like with Tom, you, I, I, in a way, like see where Tom's coming from that with like, the, I mean, dealing with these people, like I don't know. I, yeah, I, how are you supposed to know unless they somehow You're present right. you with cold right. facts? You're right. It is understandable to an extent, but the things that he said to her were also extremely unfair in that episode seven argument. Yeah, and, and that's the other conversation yes. that led to her little downfall. Right, and it's it's how far do you go with the truth? Because at some point, and I say this to you all the time, you ask me how I feel or if I'm mad or blah, 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 or to say something. And I respond with, if I say what I'm actually feeling or if I say the truth, you're going to be very, very hurt by it and it's going to be hard to walk it back. So when you say things that are the raw truth in the heat of the moment that you cannot come back from, 
it like irreparably damages some relationships yeah. now and it's interesting because they had been so truthful after being not truthful with one another so they they got to a point where they were more open and honest than they had been because we talked about how once you're almost in like a breakup mode that there's less yes. there's less pressure to make sure everything Perfect looks like it is, is okay shiny. and that nothing's yes. bad we're, we're good they knew it was bad so then they got a chance to be more honest and then they went a little too far but i do now i think tom went too far in the conversation in that argument they have on that balcony yeah. at the party but I do understand why he's not feeling great about her. That like, hey, you're cozying back up to me, and then you're going around like basically cutting my nuts off in front of everybody at this party to enhance your own business position. Yes, like I said, I can see where he is coming from. However, he crosses that line first because she tries to walk it back. Even if you did mean it, if even if you did mean that raw, hurtful truth. There is a point where she tries to walk it back and she never would ex extend that olive branch normally or show that vulnerability to even go far so far as to apologize. And she does. And he takes it the next step. And that's why ultimately I believe he is in the wrong. Which one do you think hurts her more? The uh, I don't think you're somebody who is fit to have children or... You sort of killed your dad. See, both of those things are so fucked because they... Well, sort of. And she goes, sort of? That's the, Yeah, that's the part I'm going to take away from this. Right. But, and it's crazy because she, they both, again, knowing the deepest truth about someone and what their real insecurities are is how to kill them emotionally, right? So right after... You know, they're they're on the phone during Connor's wedding and he's dying and Roman and Shiv are like, we killed our dad. Like that is their like deepest, deepest insecurities about how they left their relationship off with him. And he exploits that in that moment because he knows how how hurtful it is and how truly devastating it is to say the words out loud that you fear are true. Especially when he's been somebody who, and he succeeded in it, he didn't know it at that moment, but had been trying to, like, that's why it's like, does he really believe this? Or does he just know this is so mean to her? Which is, makes something even meaner. When yes. you're not just saying something mean yes. that you believe, you're saying something that you believe to hurt somebody. The, the, that's the only reason yes. he's saying it, because he knows that will really hurt her. The malicious intent Because he's been trying it. to make her become a mother. Right. Literally tracking her shit constantly now that also might be grabbing for power to keep him more connected to her it's it's always hard to tell what exactly yeah. the intentions are now with these people i mean and, and again not shiv is not innocent in this situation to be fair this is the most important night of his life and you're just gonna throw that information out there after this like super contentious talk or whatever and he's not he's barely paying attention when she's talking to him he's he got has his three, three phones he has three phones in his hand yeah so like again two he's fair, down to one touch screen <laughs> i don't know they're pressing too hard or i don't know blah 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 well stop touching it all i can say is steve karnacki would never never this is cnn guy touch screen guy no nbc nbc 
John King is the CNN guy. Yeah, because it's uh, Kornacki does like the he does like football. Now, yeah, too. you're right. Anything Which is that has so to do with numbers. Dumb. He just likes Did numbers. Do we need that for football? I think they were just like people like this guy. We'll just put him on the touchscreen for anything. I guess I don't know. That seems so ridiculous. Though. Well, but yeah, but Kornacki would have handled that with a plum because he all the numbers are up here. He doesn't That's actually. Right. He, he doesn't actually a... need the touchscreen. The touchscreen is for you. Yeah. Kornacki knows all the numbers. <laughs> Which is kind of actually, they have their Kornacki, not, he's not really on an on-camera guy in Darwin, but yeah. like he clearly like knows when they're talking about the, oh man, we didn't even get into the the burning building and the missing ballots. And we the, were going to save that. I feel like that's a whole conversation about ATN. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into that, let's talk about the lighter things as we were talking about the touchscreen that was a fun little scene but it was also the catalyst from getting the kids were like we're just going to stand back and let them do their thing and instead they're down there immediately because a touchscreen's not working which they really just needed any excuse i think to get down there yeah I think they were which is itching. interesting because that's a logan policy right mm -hmm. and i would imagine that a lot of the other media outlets have that same policy and i was listening to a podcast um about succession it was like it's like the HBO one. And they have like specialists come on from like experts from different fields. And the one that they had from for this episode was the ex-president of CNN. Okay. Um, so they were basically like relating it to, you know, how real is are the events in this or whatever. And he said that there was a change where like the call is made by the president of the company in the way that Tom says, like, this is my call or whatever. Well, for something that important, the buck has to stop with somebody, which right. is, I mean, that's a presidential term there, right. but like the, pre like somebody, if you do something like this and mm -hmm. do undermine right. the, the election, like somebody has to take the fall for that. It had to be somebody's call. It can't just right. be like, we just made the editorial right. decision as a but group. The, but the decision, the decision desk really stops with that core group of people that Tom was working with and the execs are off to the side, not in, not in it because, um, conflict of interest, conflict of interest, best business practices, all that kind of shit. Yeah. So they, they broke all those rules as so I they said. So and they break them immediately. And Tom, yeah, well, like, no leaks, anybody. Kendall says it too, like, but they all because he like one. They tell the kids right away the the thing that they weren't supposed to leak, which I guess maybe that one's still at least intercompany. But then Kendall's like next phone call, he just tells his wife or ex wife um, yeah. about you know, him. It looks like it's going to be him and Ez, and like I know she's not going to tell anybody or share with anybody. Yeah. but like he still wasn't supposed to do that. He mm -hmm. broke. You just said the rule. But for as much as they reference Logan, this episode, like, what would dad do? Dad wouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. And Roman decides, no, dad would look out for the interests of the company. But dad was the one who put the rule in place that we are hands off when it comes to election night. Like, we do not, we don't go on the floor. We don't touch. Yeah, and you know. you're also supposed to side with, you know, Tom is in charge. So at the very least, you can consider him an expert. But the Darwin guy is an actual expert when he's talking about the possible burnt ballots that are missing mm -hmm. in Milwaukee. He's saying, he's like, how do you know what the votes are going to be? And he's like, I know. And like, those people do know. And it's it, it's yeah. really, really in-depth statistics. And it, it and again, it's like really hard to argue with Roman when it's like, but you don't know. Like, you don't know what the votes were. And 
it's really difficult not to get like political mm. in talking about like about politics, I guess, in a way. Faux but, politics, but that are kind of holding up a, a mirror <laughs> to, you know, yes. a, to some real world things that you yes. were like, okay, I get what they're But that's the talking here. point. Like, no, we don't know. But like historically, yes, we do know that there is enough data and statistics to say that one, one, you can't even certify. You can't certify the votes in that state unless like the absentee ballots come in. And that was a big thing during the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Was like, but if you announce one of the people as a winner... Then and they do do a revote. Maybe people are going to be less inclined to vote in there, and lies the whole the whole problem yeah. of the episode. Or even sway, right? It's it's a it's a coercion, but not coercion. It's like a way to strong strong arm people psychologically, right? Yeah. So like, it's an intimidation tactic, but it's a. It's like a much softer, <laughs> it's more subtle is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, you know, for a dumb term that this isn't technically what it means, but it's sort of like inception, mm-hmm. you know, just like, oh, now it's in their head and now they can't, they can't get rid of it. It's in their subconscious and it's completely changed well, people's and, view on what's it's going because on. Because if once they call it, once they call it there and then he, they call it for Arizona or whatever, that means in According to ATN's count, then right, he and, has enough electoral votes, and that's why, like, the Arizona one is whatever because it does look like uh, it does look like Mankin's pulling. Mankin's going to win Arizona, yeah. but because, like you said, because they had already called that one. Well, if they call Arizona, which was mostly appropriate there, yeah. but it was you know it throws a wrench into it because. They had already called a state that can't be called, but the numbers add up now to where he's got the 270. Right. And Kendall even goes so far as to say, like, oh, maybe we should walk it back. Maybe we should reconsider um, those votes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, his personal, what he feels is a personal betrayal by Shiv sort of sends him over the edge. And then immediately when he's giving that um, victory speech, Mencken, you see Kendall's face kind of drop a bit like, I think I fucked up. Yeah. But then... But it's also confusing for him. I'm not like defending Kendall because it was a really rash, uh, irresponsible decision to make that based on the fact that, oh, my sister lied to me when they're always, always lying. All of them are always she, lying to each other. She says, she says, who are we? Like, she yeah. says, like, who are we? This is what we do. But... But is short and she says it in like their one-on-one conversation is our short term um competitive edge in our market worth handing the election over to to a fascist but therein lies the problem i think with trying to convince kendall is now yes it's definitely being framed as Mencken is the the worst one but shiv is definitely going in there with a political bias the entire night as well and kendall is actually trying to walk the middle of the road yeah. and see both sides of it and say, what should we do as a responsible ATN one? But then he throws it all out the window because the secret's out there and he's mad at Shiv. Yes. It really does not help that her... Um, false flag. False flag. <laughs> it really does not help that um, that Shiv's political ideations and Shiv's um, business... Prowess. Prowess, I guess, in the sense. I mean, it doesn't help that both of those things align, right? Because let's say 
let's say she was more Mencken, but she wanted the Gojo deal to still go through. Um, her sort of, her sort of saying like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. I see it, what you're saying. Then she could have she could have played the double agent a little bit more in that, but there was no room for it with the way her political leanings have been set up previously. Yes. And I'm talking, yeah, from like an actual like show continuity way, she had to be leaning that far for Jimenez. And yes. then there's nothing. There's, there's no, no way to make it that yes. Jimenez is going to come in and kill them. And, and there and yeah. there's no way for it to in Kendall's mind. I guess for she could have actually called be, them. Yeah, but there's no way in Ke- in Kendall's mind for it to be like their conversation was like altruistic or like her intentions are pure when she says like go with Jimenez and blah blah blah. There's no way that for him he can separate those two now because they are so closely aligned. It just ha- it just so happens that the way that she wants this election outcome to go also favors her position in this new in this new deal. So we did get into the whole ATN and <laughs> conversation there. So one other thing for me from this episode, and then we can talk briefly about what we think could happen going forward, just two episodes left, but it's not that lemony. That scene, oh, yeah. all-time Greg scene right there, just perfect stuff where he, you know, and they set it up nicely because the, the sushi was referenced there's, earlier. There's and then, and it was even yet. funny when Greg was eating the sushi, yeah. but I wasn't thinking of the wasabi in the moment. And then he gets the wasabi in his eye and they're, pour some water in there, Greg. And he puts <laughs> up a little cool. It's It's clear. clear. It's all natural. It's just, just a little lemon. It's not even that <laughs> lemony. And then he's like, Roman's like, you good to go? To that dog, mm. that door, the depth, the Darwin guy. Yeah. And he, he's like soaked and his eyes are fucked up. So funny. Great scene. That's like, it. I I do also think that there, I, I'm somebody who would be a fan of this. I don't know what they're going to do with Succession, but HBO is prone to spinoffs and doing something with it. So as I've, uh, as, as I watched that episode too, I was like, oh, maybe a little bit of a, not a backdoor pilot because it's a very important episode, but like proof of concept that Greg and Tom run ATN would work. See, no, I disagree entirely. Oh boy. I think it's, um, I don't know if anyone's going to win at the end of this. And I'm not even necessarily sure if I want anyone to win, but I know, well, I have a very, I have a very distinct feeling that Tom is going to lose. Like Tom. Well, what if? What Tom if the, will not be the head of ATN. What if the, the Gojo the deal doesn't go through and the board strips the kids of their power? But I suppose if the, the events of this election night are the reason they would want to strip the kids of their power, that would probably be a reason to strip Tom of his but power. I think it's even outside of that now because the news coverage immediately after the call was made was about Tom and not Tom was the one who made the call. At ATN. But what if we don't worry about the reality of the show and just say, I want to see Tom and Greg run ATN. I want that TV show. Oh. How about they both fall over in the snow and go into comas and they think they're running it? How about that? Sure, I guess so. I mean, I'm just asking, would you be a fan of that show? No. No? The problem with with Tom and Greg spinoff is that we need the foil 
of all the shit can and like abuse that Tom gets. And then because that funnels into Greg, right? And how he treats Greg. So like Greg and Tom don't work unless uh, Tom's getting the boot too. You know what I mean? So unless Greg takes over ATN. I'm upset that you're... Greg Greg was in the will. Greg was named in the will. So (laughs) that means I'm second, right? Is it Greg question mark? Greg, yeah. Maybe they're writing it down so you'd remember your name. Yeah. Very possible. I Uh, just feel like we should talk about ATN more. And like, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just so angry. Well, it's also, I mean, we know what the real life thing of ATN is supposed to be. It's supposed to be Fox News. But there is also part of me, like, when you watch it, like, that's, that's clear. But like, there's also a part of me that like, thinks it's CNN because it, their company to me closely more from a, like a media standpoint, closely more resembles Warner brothers. Yes, but it's supposed to be like Fox. Fox, does, Fox doesn't own amusement parks. Yeah, but it's supposed to be, they like actually the don't even Murdoch's. own a television studio anymore. Well, it's supposed to be the Murdoch's and like, I know. They, I, yeah. But, but everything the company owns also points a little bit more, but everything that the company stands for is Murdoch, like how they operate and shit like that. They're that shit that they spew all over the television. Like, the fact that Roman says that, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. You want to put a tracker on yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one should have left Roman alone for a second after they saw him run down to that floor because he sends notes to that Ravenhead guy, known fascist, red mind cop twice. Like, he sends him notes and basically is telling him what to say into the camera. And then the Ravenhead guy then says or starts spewing this bullshit about how the american public is being duped and being told what to think and what to believe and what to say meanwhile he's he's, literally doing that he's being spoon-fed notes by roman so like don't don't it mm, i'm getting very heated because it's like the audacity the hypocrisy on all levels yeah, they don't care. At this organization. Especially Roman. Roman has no integrity. No, they none of them have integrity. The ball could have stopped at any point, right? Any one of them could have said that this was the wrong thing to do. And I thought it was very interesting that they had that conversation between Greg and, I forget what her name is, Kate or something? Mm-hmm. Kendall's assistant. And he's like, who we like don't ever really get dialogue from when it's just like the two of those lackeys basically are having a discussion about like, oh, I have to go tell the control room that we're going to make the call. And she was like, we're going to make the call. Like nobody wants to do it. And everyone just lets the train chug along because because That's of what? what? supposed to do. Well, I'm not I'm not really pressing the button. I'm telling them to get ready to press the button. Yeah. No one thinks it's their responsibility to not do anything about it or to stop them from undermining, truly undermining the democratic process for their own financial gain. Everyone thinks that this is Well, even down to the the final line uh, with Kendall with his driver. I don't know. I can't remember it. But, you know. Some people just can't close a deal. It's like and Roman, you didn't so, close a deal. <laughs> so that's a good point because Kendall, Kendall, when they're watching that speech, right? He is, he has that look of instant regret, right? But then tries to talk himself out of it by saying, like, oh, he's just a guy that we can work with. 
blah, blah, blah. Like we've done. And then Roman says, yeah, nothing happened today. And Shiv is the only one who is actually like grasping the gravity of the situation that they have now propelled themselves in, like telling Tom this is a mistake or whatever. And um, I think having like genuine self-awareness in that moment, even though, of course, she's also partially responsible in the outcome of this. But like <laughs> these are the kind of deals that are like like the American democratic process is being decided over like caviar at like the 18th hole. Yeah, like, I mean, they say as much in the in episode seven with the tailgate where they're saying like the these 40 people are decide the American election. Yeah. And like I said, like there it sometimes doesn't even come down to actual political ideology and how it's going to affect people. It comes down to. Roman sees Mencken as somebody he can do business with and that will do the things he wants. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, I'll be all in with this guy. And doesn't really care about the repercussions of it. And then Kendall does it even worse because there's at least a part of me that thinks Kendall might like some of the the stuff being spewed by Mencken. But Kendall just does it because it's the right thing for their business deal right now. And you're right. That's what Shiv goes over with them. Because what, what is truth? The truth can be manipulated. By these people. For what gain? Oh, like they set fire to all these ballots. But and then the Raven guy says, oh, you know what? They probably saw that they were they weren't doing as well as they thought they were doing in that district. So they probably went and burned the votes. Right. So it's like the truth of what we know doesn't fucking matter anymore to people. That drives me fucking insane. Well, things are just framed because of the by sp- the the people you're getting your information from, and that's but, what these television all because, networks can be. Because all of the squabbles of of these three kids over chicken and steak, over chicken and steak, and because their daddy didn't hug them enough at night. So two more episodes left. I think Roman is going to fall on his face probably during sometime during the funeral, or like I don't think he's going to get through the funeral and get his triumphant. Look at me on the new Logan yeah. moment that he thinks he's that we kind of got in the like preview yeah. part of it. Um, so Madsen's there too. That look that Madsen gives the three of them as they're walking down the aisle, very Eric Northman vibes. Again, when Madsen is in the room, it, you notice. Yes, he's tall, but he also has like a presence about him where it's kind of like Slenderman. In like a hot Slenderman that you want to suck your blood. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. I, I didn't get that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I have that feeling. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. So we, uh, two more weeks and then we'll have the, not just the end of this season, but the end of succession. And it's going to be really exciting. So yeah, again, I always hesitate to make predictions about the show because they're always wrong. So yeah, um, but stay tuned and we'll have that uh, update in a couple of weeks for JLo. I'm Chops. Thanks for listening. For J-Lo, I'm chopped. So now I don't even get... What is the misogyny now? Is it is this leaking into our personal lives? Where you just get to cut me off and cut me out? And I sound unhinged? Do I sound unhinged? All right. I'm Chops. And I'm J-Lo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Chops TV is made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you.